And good morning, everyone in Southeast Louisiana. It is play by play coming to you live here on this Thursday. Casey Jisclair here. Hope you guys are enjoying your day as much as we are. We are having a great start to the day, and we hope to entertain you for the next 90 minutes and give you the latest and greatest and best of our local sports talk from our local sports talk scene. Um, in the next segment of the show, I'm going to make a trip out to Homa Christian School, and we're going to talk to Richard Jones. We're going to chat with Coach Jones about his team the, their summer. Uh, a lot of excitement around Homa Christian basketball. A lot of talented players returning, and it's still a young crew even on top of that. So we'll ask Coach Jones about the way his team is competing, the way his team is playing, and some of the things they have planned for the next couple of weeks uh, as they are working through their summer like everyone else. Then we'll take a segment off of call-in guest, and we'll chat about the NBA Finals, maybe a little Super Regional, maybe who knows. You know, We'll get into some things at noon. Then we're right back at it at 12.15. At 12.15, we're going to have Josh Smith of HL Bourgeois Baseball on the line to chat with us about some things that are happening on the reservation. We'll uh, ask Josh about his team. They were young last year, and they battled through some growing pains. Uh, But through that youth will come now some experience, and I understand they're playing better so far to start the summer. So we'll ask Josh about his team and some of the things he's most excited about with his team. Um, then at the bottom of the show, again, you know, maybe we'll talk a little college baseball. Maybe we'll talk a little NBA. Maybe we'll talk about the rumors and whispers of Chris Paul because, boy, I've got a theory about Chris Paul being released and what it means for the Suns. I've certainly got a theory. Um, and I'll tell you maybe my logic and my theory on that. I'll, I, I will talk about the Zion Williamson drama. It turns out Zion Williamson isn't just a bozo on the court. He's a bozo off of the court. He got outed yesterday. Apparently, my man has a hard time. Um, oh, Google it. I'm not going to get We'll get into it maybe in the segment and try to skirt, uh, squirt our way around it. Um, but Zion Williamson's having an interesting offseason for all of the wrong reasons. And there's some rumors and some whispers and some people that are hinting that New Orleans might be fed up with this guy, which, hey, if they're there, um, I'm there because, you know, I like guys who actually compete on the floor. I like guys who actually, you know, play. Um, I like to give $200 million contracts to guys who compete. I like to give contract extensions to wide receivers who actually compete. Um, But that's a different topic and a different guy that we're talking about. Here in the first segment of the show, though, we're going to shout out some young men who won some awards and some awards that actually my business partner and myself handed out. We're going to shout out the Bayou Sports um, Award winners for this recent high school baseball season. Abby and I got together. We put our heads together and we figured out who we thought were the most deserving players. And we came up with this. Our Bayou Sports Game of the Year. Thibodeau versus South Terrebonne Game 2. A game you were able to hear right here on KLEB. It was a thriller, back and forth. The team's making runs at one another. South Terrebonne goes on a big run. Thibodeau goes on a big run. South Terrebonne goes on a big run. It ended up being an 8-7 to seven game, which South Terrebonne won. It was a short-lived celebration because Thibodeau ended up winning the third game of the series. <clears throat> but that was the game of the year. That was the best game that I saw this year when you combine the drama of the game, the atmosphere of the game, everything in between. That was the game of the year. Our Bayou Sports Coach of the Year, Chad Menard of Vanderbilt Catholic. To me, I don't know, you know, 
your instincts want to say Matt Plitt because his team had the most success, and certainly Matt Plitt did an outstanding job. But what Chad Menor did replacing his entire lineup and taking the team back to Sulphur, winning a game in Sulphur, finishing as the state runner-up, is one of the most impressive coaching jobs that we've seen in this area in a long time. In a long time. Uh, so Coach Menard uh, deserves that Coach of the Year honor, and he wins Coach of the Year. Reader's Choice Bayou Sports Coach of the Year. We held an online poll, and our readers disagreed with me. They didn't say Chad Menard. They said Jamie Cadu of Assumption was our Coach of the Year. Uh, Assumption was really good all year long. Coach Cadu won the award. He was uh, followed by Shane Trosclair of Thibodeau, two very deserving candidates. But Jamie Cadu wins the Bayou Sports Reader's Choice Coach of the Year. Underclassman Pitcher of the Year, Tyler Weimer of E.D. White. Tyler Weimer is a big-time arm, big-time player. He's actually a really good bat as well. He's approaching the 90-mile-per-hour range on the mound with that arm. His pitches have movement. He is a very good uh, arm, very good kid as well. He wins our Underclassman Pitcher of the Year. There's some irony in that because our actual Pitcher of the Year is also an Underclassman, but for the sake of not doubling up, we're going to give Tyler our underclassman pitcher of the year. Underclassman hitter of the year, Logan Mallard of South Terrebonne High School. Logan Mallard is a dude that I thought all year long was a senior. And then sure enough, I'm talking to Mike Barb at the end of the year. Hey, bro, what, what's it looking like? <coughs> Excuse me. And he says, well, you know, we're losing some key guys, but, you know, we got Mallard back. Like, You got Mallard back? Mallard's a big-time bat, middle-of-the-order bat. A big-time competitor. He wins our underclassman hitter of the year. He's a dude that can hit the ball all over the park, all over the different places of the park. He is a big-time high school hitter. Our Bayou Sports rising star goes to Mason Canner of Central Lafouche. Mason Canner, as a sophomore, had a big sophomore season, several home runs, several wins on the mound. He's a good defensive player, and he's going to be a guy that I'm telling you now, is going to be in contention to just win player of the year next year outright. He is that type of player. He wins our Rising Star Award. Bayou Sports Slugger of the Year, JT Tuton of Covenant Christian Academy. He is the prototypical slugger, middle-of-the-order guy, hits for power, gap-to-gap, but he's also not afraid to take walks, right? If you just throw him trash, he's not going to get himself out he was a big-time hitter all year for a CCA team that was one of the best teams in the area throughout the entire year. We go JT Tutal for our slugger of the year and feel very comfortable about, comfortable about his being one of the best bats in the entire area. Our Heart of a Champion Award goes to Peyton Piku of Vanderbilt Catholic. He was a senior. Peyton has physical disabilities. Don't allow him to actually play baseball, but... He is there for his guys at every twist and every turn. He helps you know chart and do stats and different things in the dugout. He's a dugout leader. He is going to be missed next season at Vanderbilt for all the little things that he does that people don't realize that he does. Peyton Piku roots on his guys, is a great teammate, is a great ambassador for that Vanderbilt program, which is one of the finest in the entire state of Louisiana. He wins our Heart of a Champion Award. That is an awesome awesome young man and it was a pleasure to get a chance to meet him this past season the swiss army knife goes to the most versatile player that would be brendan gobert of ed white 
Gobert could have been the hitter of the year. He could have been the slugger of the year. He could have been the offensive MVP. He could have been the pitcher of the year. He could have been anything. Uh, in lieu of winning any of those awards, we had to make an award for him to win. He's so deserving of it. We're going to give him Swiss Army Knife for the most versatile player because of all the different things that he did. He was a great outfielder, great power bat, great pitcher, pitched in the state championship game, did a little bit of it all, contributing to his team winning the title. He wins the Swiss Army Knife Award for our publication. Now we get to the nitty-gritty. Now we get to our offensive MVP, and it's got to be Matthew Melanson of E.D. White. Uh, Matthew was the leadoff guy, <laughs> big old power bat, gap-to-gap. Lots of doubles, lots of extra base hits. When he just got a single, he turned it into an extra base hit by stealing. Um, great offensive player. I mean, he hit something like 450, 460. Something like, I mean, he's just an unbelievable threat. I mentioned in the little write-up that we did, he's going to play football at Nichols. He could just as easily play baseball. Mike Silva, if you're listening, go get you some Matthew Melanson. That kid could play. Defensive MVP in the area, Branson Arsenault of Thibodeau High School. Branson was the catcher for Thibodeau and was just Mount Rushmore back there, man. Just a wall. Um, We saw the three-game series with Sal Terrebonne and then the two games with Barb. The blocks that he had against Sal Terrebonne were just unbelievably good, especially on hot, long days. Uh, you know, that was a series where the pitchers really struggled. So long innings and just was a wall back there. Then the next weekend against Barb, Barb playing the way that they play. They're very aggressive on the bases. He's throwing out dude. Like he threw out a guy at third twice, threw out a dude at second, like just controlling the defense with that arm and with that blocking ability. Branson Arsenal wins our defensive MVP. And then lastly, our pitcher of the year, James Guidry of Vanderbilt Catholic. For some ungodly reason, James Guidry didn't win district MVP uh, for pitcher. Um, But he wins, you know, state MVP, which I think is kind of interesting. But he does win our Bayou Sports Pitcher of the Year. He did everything and more for Vanderbilt. He pitched all the big games, beat the number one team in the state in the playoffs, did everything that you would want an ace pitcher to do. James Guidry wins our pitcher of the year and then lastly predictably so ed white wins our team of the year for all of the reasons that we listed above because of all the great players all the great coaches and all the great um chemistry that that team had so just wanted to shout out those young men for a job well done and give them some attaboys and give them some kudos for a great job this season let's catch a break when we get back out of the break richard jones home of christian school will be joining us we'll chat with him about some hoops might even sneak in a little bit of NBA Finals talk, right? It's play-by-play on KLEB. We'll be right back after this. The French Connection, the all-new Ragin' Cajun, 102.7 FM. Hey, y'all, have some festival fun around the state. June 8th through 10th, Louisiana Corn Festival in Bunky. June 9th through 11th, Holly Beach Crab Festival, St. Landry Barbecue Festival in Opelousas, and Zwali Juneteenth Festival. June 10th, the Day the War Stopped Festival in St. Francisville in St. Francisville, and Doug Demona Summerfest in Winfield. June 10th and 11th, Creole Tomato Festival in New Orleans. So make your plans to laissez-les bon temps rouler. This is Lieutenant Governor Billy Nungesser. Plan your road trip at Louisiana is a trip. Time is money. 
Don't waste both running around looking for filters, batteries, and belt sand related items. Fleet Supply Warehouse delivers. Fleet Supply offers daily scheduled delivery, including Bayou Lafourche, New Orleans, Morgan City, New Iberia, Lafayette, Thibodeau, Baton Rouge, the North Shore, plus the River Parishes, too. Automotive, lawn equipment, agricultural, marine, or industrial. Fleet Supply Warehouse, 985-868-0430. Venture Boulevard, Homa. Attention event managers, Joe's Septic Contractors has been there for you in New Orleans and the surrounding areas. Whether it's a construction site, fair or festival, let Joe's Septic Contractors help you determine how many potties and how much temporary fencing you may need for your next event. Visit joeseptic at viscom.net. That's joeseptic at viscom.net. Locations in Cutoff, Thibodeau, Fouchon, Abbeville, Reserve, and Odessa, Texas. Energize your business with Bayou Black Electric Supply in Homa. When you're elbow deep in a job, the last thing you need is to lose time and money fetching electrical supplies. Bayou Black Electric will deliver your items to the job site. There's daily scheduled service throughout South Louisiana, Lafouche, Terrebonne, Morgan City, New Iberia, and Lafayette. Plus, the River Parishes, too. If you need parts, call Bayou Black Electric Supply. 985-223-8807. Highway 311 in Homa. Gulf South Homes has a new building. Come check out our new offices and parts store. We have moved to the left side of our property. See, Ida threw us a curveball, but our new offices are home run. We sell all things for your mobile home parts needs. And of course, we can still sell you the new home of your dreams. Remember, we are still working with the Restore Louisiana Grant Program as well. Come and see us at 1986 Highway 182 in Homa or give us a call, 985-876-0222. Pesky mosquitoes, gnats, and all kinds of South Louisiana bugs taking over your yard? Have no fear, Buzz Off is here to save your summer. Buzz Off is the only locally owned pest control company focusing on your outdoor living space. They use 100% organic ingredients, safe to all humans and pets. Check us out on Facebook or book your appointment today at buzzoffnow.com. Need our cedar beaters now? Call 985-333-8989 today to take your lawn back. Buzz Off Mosquito Control, safe, effective, Guaranteed. I'm like the water when your ship rolled in that night. Rocking with some tea swizzle here on this Thursday on Play by Play. Casey just clear here going to the phone lines here. Uh, we got Richard Jones, home of Christian School. Coach Jones, are you a Taylor Swift fan? Hey man, I, I have an appreciation for it. You know, I, I don't. I'm definitely not uh, not a Swifty, but I'm not anti Taylor Swift. Look, man, I'm the same way. Look, we're going to talk with you about basketball, obviously. But, dude, anytime you see 50, 60, 70,000 people all getting together and they're, like, they're not fighting or arguing and they're just singing you know, songs together, I, I'm like you. I, I appreciate that, and certainly I respect the talent and the ability and the ability to move the masses, as they say. She's doing something right. No doubt about that. You guys are also doing something right over there at Home of Christian School. You've been playing over this summer. you got a young crew, a lot of players coming back, a lot of talented players coming back. How's the summer been so far, buddy? Uh, really good, man. Really enjoyable. Um, you know, we do. We have everybody back, and then we have everybody back a year older, a uh, year stronger, a year more experienced. Uh, summer's been great so far. It's been a gauntlet as far as the competition we played, but uh, – Definitely the guys are competing and working hard and working together. You guys are at the E.D. White Summer League, and uh, you've been playing some different games around the area as well. 
Uh, you and I were just chatting kind of off the air, and you, you mentioned, you know, hey, man, we got our first win of the summer. Um, but then you very quickly added, you know, hey, that's not really something that we track. Talk about some of the things that you guys are paying close attention to or are wanting to see in these summer games. Oh, for sure. You know, I, I think every every high school basketball coach kind of approaches summer league a little bit different. Uh, we try not to be result-oriented as far as the scoreboard, but we want to make sure we're uh, we're working toward what we want to get better at and sometimes early on it might not translate on the scoreboard. Uh, one of the biggest things I think that all coaches juggle is, uh, is, is you're not going to have everybody there all the time with, with everybody kind of playing uh, multiple sports. And then at a 2A high school, um, we kind of took taken the approach that uh, we have low expectations as far as having everybody there, but when they are there, we'll keep our standards high and, you know, uh, when you're missing a piece or two, that just provides a door and an opening and an opportunity for other other pieces to step up and for role players to kind of expand their role and embrace their role. So it's been a blessing. Man, one of the things I noticed, I watched you guys play a couple weeks ago over at E.D. White, and, man, you guys had some what looked to be some really, really young kids who were out there getting some varsity work. Tell me about those guys, man. Like, is those middle school age kids? And, look, I'll say this. They, they obviously are much younger than the other guys, but they come in and they compete. They were not intimidated. That younger crew really impressed me, man. Right, for sure. Uh, we, we've got kids dressing, dressing varsity as far as going to play summer league games all the way down to the seventh grade. Um, and and that's, our, that's our mindset is to try to get everybody a little experience and uh, kind of our first, our first practice of the summer we, we met in the classroom and we talked about how we're going to approach the summer. And uh, I told them we're not looking to win any summer league championships. Obviously, we want to compete. We want to win games. We want to uh, toy with cert- certain lineups. But we're going to take the approach of making sure we leave out of here with, with nobody just kind of sitting with empty minutes and on the bench. And we'll take that approach, um, you know, and to, to piggyback off of that is one of the the things that we really focused in is uh, we've kind of adapted this this concept of the KPI, which we call the key performance indicator. So we, I gave uh, my staff and I gave each individual player a KPI, and that's one thing that you have to get better at. For some players, it's a weakness. For some players, it's doubling down on the strength, and uh, that's what I want to see you do this summer. Because you know, if you try to concentrate on everything and you you're hooping and hollering about do this, do that. We'll go the whole summer and not get better. We even put a KPI on the four phases of uh, basketball, half-court defense, half-court offense, transition defense, transition offense. So there's there's one main focus that we're trying to get better at. And, of course, I'll trying to play good basketball on top of that. No, I like that, man. That, that That's really cool to hear. Um, Talk about the difference between year two versus year one. You know, year one somewhere is a lot of teaching. You're learning the school. You're learning the kids. You're learning the lay of the land. Year two, you got all that down. And, and it should be, in theory, maybe a little less teaching, a little more executing and, and honing in on things. And, you know, talk about that transition. Are, are things a little more comfortable now out there in year two? Absolutely. Um, you know, I've, I've been asked this question a few times, and, the way I explain it to people is that in year one, we kind of laid the foundation and the framework of the house, and now we're kind of picking out the granite countertops, picking out what floor, so we're kind of expanding the different concepts, and, you know, we, we're trying to match our true identity on, on what we can be, 
and obviously that changes a little bit from year to year depending on your personnel. But uh, we, we have a few things that are that are set in stone on, on how we want to play and how we want to compete. Um, you know, I'm just just really proud of the guys thus far in, this, in, in, the, in the early part. I, I kind of also mentioned that is like last year it was like I was, I was pressing the fast forward button because we got to do this, we got to do that. No, we got to cover this. Now, you know, even including during the season, even in January, I was mapping out things for the summer uh, because I did because I didn't have a summer last year when I took the job. Uh, so this this uh, this summer has been very very vital to the program. That's awesome to hear, dude. Are you guys doing anything this weekend? Are you going to the team camp at Ed White or anything like that? So we're not uh, dating back to last Wednesday was the first day of our little Warriors uh, youth basketball camp. That was for two days. The second day of that camp, we went play our first game where uh, that Central Catholic team kind of embarrassed us, and that was kind of the, the starting point of the summer. Uh, then the Friday, we went to Southside and played Port Allen and White Castle. Uh, this Saturday, we drive back up to Southside, and we play two games, and we, we, get, we get better at that point take a day off Sunday, we practice Monday, and then, boom, there you go. You got Vanderbilt on the Tuesday. And uh, we went to Tulane team camp yesterday. So uh, for these next couple of days, we're taking a day off, and we're going to regroup on Monday. It's been a lot of basketball lately. Talk about – and, you know, look, uh, Brian Colley always used to say this whenever he was at South Lafouche. He used to say, man, look, summer's very important, but I'm not going to lose a kid over this summer, meaning like if – a kid is struggling keeping up with football, baseball, and basketball, or if a kid has to have a summer job or whatever it may be, whatever situation it may be, you know, it's not worth losing a kid over. Do you guys kind of have that same approach as, hey, look, we want to get as much work in, we want to improve, but at the end of the day, you know, we also want to make sure that we don't burn you down and break you, you know, or burn you out and break you down before November, right? Right, and, and that kind of comes with uh, communication and, and, and player player ownership and one of the biggest things we're trying to teach is that, you know, you have to communicate. You, we, you just can't assume things. So uh, I'm pre- we're pretty flexible um, as far as, you know, if somebody, somebody can't make it. Um, we, we got one kid on our team that is doing three sports right now. You know, he's, he's working out for two hours with football. He's a vital part of that program. He goes to Swampland Baseball, and then he leaves the Swampland Baseball game and comes play at E.D. White. So, you know, it's kind of one of those things you don't want to run them to run them into the ground. Um, I don't think there's any perfect formula for it, but uh, in the early <laughs> part, I probably scheduled a little bit too too many games. Uh, but that that comes with trial and error, and I'm I'm excited for the kids to have a break. I don't want to hear a ball, ball bounce for the next couple of days, so I'm excited for a little a little break too, and then we'll get back in action. Uh, practice Monday and we have HL Bourgeois Tuesday at E.D. White. For sure, man. Um, look, let's talk a little NBA for a second, man. I know you're a basketball fan. Uh, you know, we're watching the finals over here and, you know, game one and game three, the Nuggets kind of put it on them and, you know, game two, Miami, you know, jumped back and they got them and it's kind of uh, been a, you know, a hodgepodge. The teams are making adjustments. Game two, the Heat, you know, come with that zone and kind of throw the Nuggets for a loop. Last night, the Nuggets made some adjustments and Jokic and Murray played great and how are you seeing this series, man? Like, I think that Denver has obviously the more talented team. I think most people would agree. The Heat maybe have a little more trust in their system than the Nuggets do, which makes this you know kind of interesting. What are your thoughts, man, as you're watching the finals? Do you think Denver's going to be able to finish this out? 
Casey, I'm an honest guy. I got to make a confession. I, I I actually haven't watched one NBA Finals game yet. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, just this, that grind of the this past week that I just went over. Uh, once I get home, other than watching a little film, um, I haven't watched basketball, but I'll, I'll definitely be tuning in for game four. No, okay, I got you there. Now, look, there was some big news yesterday is that the Suns are thinking about waving Chris Paul, and I think that that's kind of crazy, unless if they've got something else lined up. Um, there are a lot of rumors and whispers that Chris Paul may be going to the Lakers or to the Celtics or whatever contender. I know a team just up the road in New Orleans who needs a point guard. Man, is there any sliver of opportunity at all that he comes back and finishes where he started it? Hey, man, that, that would be great. I think, and I think you kind of mentioned it recently, is that you got to figure out the Zion Williamson thing first. Once you figure out which step you want to take with him, then, uh, you know, if he if he's not in the picture, I, I don't know if it makes sense to bring in a Chris Paul but if you want to go all in, then I think you bring in a veteran like Chris Paul, who probably has it. I think he has another two years left in him. So I've never asked you this question, but as a dude who is a fan of ball, I'm very curious to hear your answer to this question. Is that college basketball right now, it's, it's just um, a mad dash to see who's going to win the portal. Um, you know, look at the women's game. LSU went and got two of the best players in the country in the portal. In the men's game, you know, they're big-time heavy hitters that are going into the portal. It's not as much in the men's game because the big premier players go pro, but it's still a factor there as well. And some people like it. Some people don't. Some people say it's ruining the sport, whatever it may be. What are your thoughts on these players' ability to – you know, go all sorts of different places and, and, you know, not have to sit out. And, man, it's just crazy how the sport has changed. I'm not a fan of it. Um, I think uh, I think this generation kind of struggles with uh, a little bit of inconvenience and adversity. And I think when you make a commitment, I think you need to find, um, you know, go through the process and find, find a way to, to, to step up and just commit to whatever you committed. Um, maybe I'm an old soul. I, you know, I grew up watching guy. I, I was a fan of like a Reggie Miller and he stayed as a pacer forever. I know that's the NBA. Uh, but I just, I like, uh, I like the face matching the Jersey and I like the Jersey's not changing. So, um, I don't, I don't really care for it. I got you, brother. Well, look, man, we thank you so much for the time. Y'all keep up the good work and I'll see you at E.D. White in the next couple of days, brother. Oh, thank you, man. You do a great job. I appreciate uh, appreciate you having me on. Absolutely, buddy. That is Richard Jones with Home of Christian School. We appreciate his kind words, and they're doing some good work out there, man. They're going to have a really good season. <clears throat> I love to hear his approach on how they handle summer, right? Each kid has a certain goal, a certain benchmark they're trying to reach, a certain thing they're trying to get accomplished. And uh, <clears throat> I think that's a really interesting and really smart way to go and a really uh, unique way to approach it. Let's catch a break. When we get back out of the break, um, we'll talk a little NBA. we got some different things to cover. It's play-by-play on KLEB. At Thibodeau Regional Wellness Center, we're improving the health and well-being of the region one person at a time. And this means more tea times, more play time, more time to do good, more fast time, and more once upon a time. Isn't it time you started living your best life? 
Change starts here at Thibodeau Regional Wellness Center. Shrimp boats is a common. Since 1948, Valerio Brothers has been in the commercial shrimping and fishing supply business. They carry a large selection of stainless steel shafts up to two and a half inches, but they can also order larger if you like. They also stock two, three, and four blade propellers up to 40 inches, a large selection of shaft couplings, single V struts, and stainless steel rudders. Now listen to this, Solario Brothers is now stocking rudder blades and rudder shafts so you can make your own rudder. Now carrying stainless steel plate pieces so you can make your own V-strut. A huge selection of stainless steel stern tubes, rudder and shaft shoes, fiberglass tubes, rudder ports, packing boxes, and dripless shaft seals. Stocking tiller arms and rubber cutlass bearings along with a big line of motor mounts. Visit Alario Brothers before the season. That's Alario Brothers, 894 Avenue A, West Wego. Visit their website at alariobros.com. Shrimp boats is a common, their sails are inside. Shrimp boats is a common, there's dancing tonight. Need to find a gift for that sportsman in your life this Father's Day? Whether dad paddles or fly casts, No Wake Outfitters has just the right gift to show them your appreciation for all they've done and to show our appreciation for all those dads raising the next generation of anglers from now until Father's Day. We'll be selling $120 gift cards for only $100 so that dad can pick out his own fishing tackler next fishing shirt. No Wake Outfitters, 1926 Airline Drive in Metairie. You can depend on a Mueller metal roof. We were fortunate enough to be able to build a house on family land, and we've really enjoyed being out here. We couldn't ask for a better place to raise our boys. Our home builder, I don't believe, had ever had an experience with working with Mueller and had nothing but great things to say about the company, about the process. Everybody was professional. If anybody mentions the word metal, we say we know a guy and give them the phone number to Mueller. Find out more at MuellerINC.com. State Bank and Trust Company has provided Cajun banking served just the way you like it for now 70 years. State Bank offers a wide variety of modern conveniences without having to sacrifice that personal touch that we all know and love. So stop by today and get a taste of Cajun banking and be met by a smiling, familiar face who loves our area as much as you do. That State Bank and Trust Company still standing strong after 70 years of loyal service to our community. Welcome back to play-by-play here on KLEB. Hope everybody's enjoying their Thursday. Man, it feels like um, we just got to Monday, man. Like, it really feels like the week is just starting. And it's already a week that is mostly wrapping up. Um, We've got college baseball that'll be beginning tomorrow. LSU, of course, takes the field on Saturday. Um, So, man, just a whole bunch of stuff going on. Um, And we'll be... Looking forward to seeing how that all shakes out here in the next couple of days. But I wanted to talk some NBA in this segment. Um, Boy, I'm going to have to approach this very carefully because I don't want to say things that are insensitive. Um, But I'm beginning to lose faith in Zion. (laughs) You guys know me. I've already lost faith in Zion Woods, and I'm over here trying to massage the part of this conversation that's not even all that offensive. I've already lost faith in Zion Williamson. I don't think that the guy has a winning personality. I think that, you know, if you are a professional athlete and you're constantly out of shape, if you're constantly 30, 40, 50 pounds overweight, 
You were showing us very clearly that you don't have any desire to win. You're showing us very clearly that you don't have any desire to compete. Um, you know, there were the rumors and whispers before the draft even started when he went to New Orleans of all, his family doesn't want him to be in New Orleans. And they've always said the right things. They've always said the things that people in New Orleans wanted to hear. I prescribed to the theory of, in life, it's better to be well done than well said. I hear what he and his team are always saying about wanting to be in New Orleans and build in New Orleans and win championships. <clears throat> but the habits on and off the floor indicate that maybe there's a little disconnect and maybe the dude just has a little bit of entitlement. In the last 24 to 48 hours, Zion Williamson has announced that he is expecting his first child with a young lady. I don't know her name, and the name's not important. But they posted a picture on Instagram. You know, hey, kudos, congratulations, Zion. You know, yada, yada, all this great stuff. 24 hours later, a young lady who fancies herself an adult performer is all over social media alleging that throughout the course of the season she does very interesting things with Zion Williamson. So here's my thing. Here's my problem with that. I don't care how people live. Hell, my favorite player is James Harden. James Harden spends more time in the strip club than he does in the weight room. That's well documented. But here's the thing. You know what James Harden does? At 7 o'clock when the ball's thrown up in the air, he he's there and he's ready to play. And he usually plays pretty well. This is where I have issue with Zion Williamson. Is you're out of shape. <clears throat> Just look at that damn soda commercial that Angel Reese was in. What's the it's the Pepsi version of Sprite? I don't know the name of the, the product. Zion is like speaking to kids at a basketball camp and Angel Reese is that like he looks like a blimp. He is not in shape. He is routinely not in shape. And if there was some sort of issue there that was preventing him from being in shape, you know, a hormonal issue or whatever, you know, genetics, whatever. Some people just have a harder time than others. I get, hey, whatever. It is what it is. We'll work through it. But if it's because you're just in the strip club every night, I have issues with that. Because most of the time when people have bad habits... Or, you know, when people are struggling to stay healthy or are struggling to stay fit, if you read between the lines, there's an underlying reason why. Is Zion Williamson sleeping enough? Well, if you're out till 3.30 every day, probably not. Is he eating the right things at the right times? LOL, smiley face, we both know that's not happening. So now you got a dude who, frankly, just needs to grow up. You are 22 years old. You are one of the most gifted athletes, not in, in the NBA, in the world. 
You are a six foot six inch, 284 pound man child. You could jump. You have quickness. You have such explosiveness. You should be an icon. But you're just there sitting down on the shelf because you're not able to do the things off the floor that requires you to be an icon. And New Orleans needs to tell this guy, and there are already rumors and whispers, right, that that this is something that's very realistic, that the team is very disappointed with this kind of PR nightmare that they're having to deal with right now. No one wants to hear about their star player and being outed on Twitter by a, a stripper. Like, no one wants to hear that. This is, a, this is an embarrassing thing for New Orleans Pelicans to be dealing with. No one wants to deal with that, with the face of their franchise. No one wants to read those things that have been put out there. That is a very embarrassing thing. And there are rumors and there are whispers on social media right now from people who cover the team, from people who know the decision makers within the team, that the Pelicans are turned off by this. And they may look to trade Zion Williamson away just simply because they've had enough. And if that's the way that they approach this offseason, it's hard to argue. Because you drafted this dude in 2019. Think about that. The Pelicans drafted Zion Williamson in June of 2019. That was 10 months before the COVID pandemic even started. Think about that. Think about when the COVID pandemic started. That feels like an eternity ago, right? They drafted Zion 10 months before that. And in all of that time, June 2019 to now, June 2023, he's played 114 games. Every NBA season since then has had 82 games. So you do the math. That's four seasons, 82 times four. That's 328 games. He's played 114. He's missed 214 games in four seasons. But he ain't missing happy hour at the dance joint, is he? He ain't missing two for ones at the the bar. He ain't missing... The dollar menu at McDonald's, is he? It's a problem. When you invest 200 plus million dollars into something, you expect them to be the example that everyone in your organization follows in every phase. He should be built like a cement truck. He should be the biggest, fastest, strongest. He should be the first to show up, the last to leave. He should be setting the example for everyone in the organization. But yet instead, again today, we're reading tweets about Zion Williamson that involve him not playing basketball. The Pelicans are getting fed up. They're going to look to shop him. I don't think they have the courage to actually make the move this offseason. But one more year of this nonsense, and I think they're going to pull the trigger and it's going to be adios amigo. And that's sad because this dude should be one of the best players in the NBA. And when he's out there, he is. 
but he's just not consistently out there because, A, of a little bad luck. I'm not going to be unfair, and I'm not going to say that it's all his doing. It has been some bad luck. But undoubtedly, when you read between the lines and you, you look under the tea leaves, there are some things there that he's doing off the floor that are not helping his cause. To have a world-class body, you have to have a world-class diet. To have a world-class diet, you have to have world-class habits. To have world-class habits, you have to have world-class discipline. And right now, we're getting an F in all of that stuff. Let's catch a break. When we get back, we're going to Josh Smith of HL Bourgeois. We'll be right back after this quick timeout. Rev is creating the next evolution in communication. A network built for every possibility. Internet, TV, voice, and security. And now we're moving faster than ever before, propelling us forward into the future. The next level in communications. That's what we call revolution. And the revolution is closer than you think. Welcome to Rev. Learn more at letsrev.com. Chevrolet Suburban, Tahoe, Traverse, Blazer, Equinox, Trailblazer, Trax. Looking for the room to haul your passengers and cargo area to fit your needs? Golden Motors has your SUV waiting for you. Come on in and check them out. Special APR as low as 2.9% for 60 months on 2023 Chevy Equinox. Hurry before it's gone. Chevy, find new roads. Golden Motors, 15101, Highway 3235, and Cutoff on the back road. 325-1000, price is priority. 2.9% APR with approval through GM Financial. See dealer for details. A tree can be a warrior, battling global challenges with greater courage. A tree can be a solution, cleaning our air, supporting our communities, and protecting our wildlife. A tree can be noble, growing hope in every corner of the world. That's why now is the time for trees, millions of trees. Join our planting movement at arborday.org. Education, prevention, care. At Terrebonne General Community Sports Institute, we're committed to impacting future generations through promoting healthcare education and disease prevention. Our team specializes in athletic injury prevention and post care, using the latest techniques to help athletes perform at their best and stay in the game or get them back in action. Discover more about how Terrebonne General Community Sports Institute provides healthcare for our community at tghealthsystem.com. If you own your own business and kept your employees working during COVID in 2020 and 2021, then you are most likely entitled to the employee retention credit that the federal government is offering small business owners. With the ERC grant, you can receive up to $26,000 per employee. And this is not a loan, and you do not have to pay it back. If you are a qualifying business, it is best to use an accounting firm that specializes in only ERC grant filing. RC Advisors can guide you through this process, and we don't get paid unless you get paid. RC Advisors is now hiring referral specialists, full-time or part-time, work from home. We will supply you leads and make your own hours. All you do is send us a potential business that might want to apply for the grant, and we do the rest. Time is running out to apply for this grant, so if you have questions, please call for a free consultation. 1-888-90-ERC-GRANT. That's one 888 903-7247 or visit www.applyercgrant.biz to apply today. Come on! Yeah! If you want it all back, jump to your feet right now! Oh! Well, the kingdom suffer in violence, but the violence... 
Welcome back to Play by Play here on KLEB. Casey just clear. Here we go to the phone lines for our final call-in guest of the day. That would be HL Bourgeois Baseball Coach, Coach Josh Smith, who's on the line now. Coach, good afternoon, buddy. How are we doing today? Doing good. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, buddy. Happy to have you. Um, you were a young crew last year. It was a team that was replacing a lot of experience. And now, if I had to guess, I feel like this is probably a pretty important summer for you guys to kind of develop and you know kind of uh re uh relay that foundation and get back on the winning side talk about your approach this summer man uh this summer has just been about pushing the kids and getting as much as we can out of them um and teaching the game to them so far this summer we're sitting four and one and i'm pretty happy where we're at um we're doing the little things right uh we can get better at some things but we're doing a lot of little things right which I think these guys are starting to finally see when they do those things right, good things really happen for them. Tell us about last year, man, because it was a weird season. You guys started off pretty good and, you know, we're playing some good baseball and in the middle kind of caught a lull. But every once in a while, you guys would pop a win against a team that maybe, quote unquote, you weren't supposed to beat. So you were close, just couldn't quite be consistent enough to challenge for the playoffs. What were some of the things that weren't going right for you last year? Uh, hitting, we didn't hit consistent enough, and sometimes we didn't play defense consistently enough. Uh, the games we won, we, we had the bats rolling, we had a good approach at the plate, and the games we didn't, you know, we just kind of got lax the days ago at the plate, got very passive. But uh, that was one thing we've been harping on this summer is not being the passer, you know, being the aggressor in our bats, and uh, we've done that so far. Um, and I just I just asked the guys to repeat what we did in pitching last year because what's crazy enough is in we pitched la- better last year than what we did in 22 when we made the playoffs. It's just we didn't have the offense to go with it. <laughs> Tell us about the makeup of your team, man. Do you return a lot of those arms? Do you return a lot of those bats? Give us a rundown of that. So we return pretty much our entire pitching staff, all of our starters, all of our relievers. The only guy that we lose on our staff was uh, Gavin Fordick, who was our number three. But I think we got um, one or two guys that can take that spot uh, coming up this season. Uh, Bat-wise, uh, we lose Gavin Vordick and Cooper Atkins, our uh, three and four hole. And uh, But I, I think um, Brody Abair, who was our two, can step up and take over our three. He's a, he's a big returning guy for us with a big bat. And uh, I think Dawson Prejean, who's a guy that doesn't strike out a lot, puts the ball in play a lot, could take that four hole for us. But we do have a few more guys that can take those spots from them. So I'm pretty excited what we got coming back because everybody that's coming back had experience from last year. Awesome, dude. Happy to hear that, man. And you you, got, you said 4-1 and one so far over the summer. And I know a lot of coaches will come on here and they'll say, oh, man, you know, we're not really worried about the wins and the losses or wherever it may be. But at the end of the day, to win, you know, that's a good feeling and that's a good habit to build. So to win four out of five, man, I'm sure that's something that's got you guys uh, feeling pretty excited. It does. Uh, we're just we're trying to build that winning culture, get that winning mindset. Um, I'm the same way. You know, I'm not too worried about winning. I'm worried about us getting better every day. But if we're getting better every day, then we're winning. And that's the way I see it. As long as we keep progressing, taking those steps forward, we're going to continue winning this summer. And uh, we took a few steps back the other day against Berwick, and we ended up losing. But it was a teaching moment to get these guys to understand a few extra things that they got to focus on in the game. And I think today they'll be able to put those things to use in the game. 
We often ask football coaches uh, this question. And we ask, you know, coach, tell me about your numbers. Like, you know, do you have the, the right amount of people in your program? And they'll say, you know, well, we've got 60 kids, 70 kids, whatever it may be. We don't often ask that same question for baseball. So I'm going to ask you, man, like, do you have the amount of kids in your program that you would want? Would you ideally want a little more? Or like, is that not an issue at all over at Bourgeois? Uh, we got about 30 kids right now uh, this summer. Uh, we would like a few more freshmen to fully create a freshman team. We haven't had a freshman team in a while just due to numbers. Um, and so I, I think I think this spring we we'll maybe might be looking to keep a few more freshmen just so we can have that freshman team to play more games and not just have to be on the varsity level. But I'm kind of happy where our numbers are right now, uh, and I think we'll just keep growing as the years go on. Yeah, no doubt about that, man. Um Let's talk a little college baseball for a second, bro. The Tigers are in the Super Regional. They're taking on Kentucky. I made the point earlier in the week uh, is that I think this is a really good matchup for LSU because, look, we saw this on Monday against Oregon State is that Oregon State, you know, they had runners at first and second with, I believe, no out. And they bunted their leadoff hitter and their best hitter. And I remember saying at the time, like, bro, I don't know that that's the wisest move because – you're facing an offense that's going to score in bunches, and you're trying to score one. And Kentucky's the same way. They play that small ball approach. Josh, man, look, I respect all forms of baseball, and, and if a team wants to play a certain way, more power to them. But I just feel like you work so hard to score one run, and then you do that again, you score another run. You do that again, you score another run. That's three runs. LSU's one swing away from getting that in one at bat. And I just don't know that the small ball is going to work enough. I think this is a great matchup for the Tigers. I agree, uh, especially in Alex Box, where it's a hitter's park. When you're facing a team like LSU's offense, I mean, they, they, they can score four with one swing. And I mean, if you're playing a small ball offense, you're kind of already behind the eight ball. Um, but Kentucky, Kentucky is a good team. Uh, they got a few dudes that can play, and they got a little bit of pitching. Uh, I wouldn't count them out, but. Again, LSU just got the offense. Uh, Skeens is going to go that first game. We know it. If Floyd can uh, pitch like we know he can, he's going to. They should take game two. But uh, if they don't, then I, I think Jaden Coleman will go game three, and uh, they'll have Thatcher Hurd to close it out whenever they need. I mean, I think they're set up pretty good with this super region to get to the World Series. So you kind of touched on it. I was going to ask you how you'd handle the pitching. So you think Hurd is going to be a kind of like a grenade that they'll pop in when they need three or four innings? You don't think he's going to start a game? That's interesting. I, I don't necessarily disagree with that, but that, that'd be a, a, an interesting role for him. I think he'll be the closer, uh, keep him for a closing role just because he's that high-velocity guy from the right side. They got a few lefties that can uh, do a little thing for him, but I think with, them, with him being able to throw 96-plus from the right side with that good slider, I think they'll leave him in the closing spot. And uh, Jaden Coleman, as long as they keep building up Jaden Coleman, he's a good starter with a bright future ahead of him. So let's talk about this. Um, you know, the Colonels had a great season just down the road, and, you know, they make it to the Tuscaloosa Regional and, and challenge Alabama. And, you know, we all know how that turned out. Um, now, I truly believe one of the big challenges of the offseason for Mike Silva is going to be figuring out how to keep vultures from poaching his roster. And there are a lot of people that are concerned. You know, oh, well, is the Myers kid going to go to LSU? Is he going to go to Alabama or whatever? You hear all those concerns. But at the end of the day, what I've been telling Nichols fans is, look, you got to trust the people who got Myers and, you know, Galley and those other guys into the building to begin with. I really think that they're going to, yeah, they may lose a guy here or there. That's just the way college baseball is. 
But I think Coach Silva's going to also find some more diamonds in the rough because I think Nichols now is a more attractive destination than it's maybe ever been before. I agree 100%. Uh, Silva's a great recruiter. I've talked to him many times. Uh, the guy knows baseball. He knows how to build a program. And uh, I think he'll be able to keep Myers in there if, they, if Myers doesn't get too enticing of an offer. Because, I mean, as you know, the NIL – it's going to have some input somewhere for him from a big program. But if you can keep the uh, uh, Myers there and he's bringing the uh, Hayden kid in from Berwick, who we faced this year, who I think is legit. The guy's 90-93 with a wipeout slider. You compare those two guys together right there, that could be a Friday night, uh, Friday and Saturday combo. That's going to be deadly in the Southland with everything they got coming back as well. Nichols could be a team that could repeat next year. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you there, brother. Look, let's talk a little MLB before we wrap up with you, man. I've been watching a ton of games, and I got to tell you, I remember we talked before the MLB season, and we were kind of debating and discussing, you know, hey, these rule changes. And, bro, I got to tell you, um, back in the day, you know, two, three years ago, you watched a baseball game. Very rarely were they playing baseball. They were picking off. They were doing mound visits. They were doing everything but playing. Now the game flows, man, and I, I, I very much so enjoy watching the MLB now. I've watched more MLB this season than I have in the last couple of seasons. All these this conversation about the rule changes, man, it feels like, no pun intended, it feels like they hit a home run. I agree. It feels like we're watching baseball again where you don't have to see a pitching change every two seconds or a mound visit every two seconds, and we don't have to deal with all these shifts and everything that they used to deal with. You're actually seeing guys trying to bunt their way on. You're seeing more stolen bases. You're seeing more strategic moves. It's a lot more fun to watch. Is the game that we grew up on when we were younger. It's not just about the long ball no more. And it's it's so much fun, and I'm enjoying it. And the pitchers are starting to get more strategic with the pitch clock, which is very interesting to watch. I agree. And, and I also like, uh, like as you said, the way they're manipulating the clock. Sometimes they – quick pitch sometimes they kind of stall and intentionally throw at one or two like there's a little bit of chess that goes on there and I think that's really cool uh bro before we let you go you often tell me during the offseason especially that there are some things that you and your staff do to try to get better as coaches and, and you know maybe learn a little more is there a certain facet of the game that you're studying is there anything that you're paying attention to personally in the offseason to try to get better small ball how can we, because we weren't a very high-scoring team, so how can we manipulate the game of baseball with small ball to score more runs, to be a team that can put up runs when we're not hitting the long ball? You know, 22, we hit a lot of home runs. Last year, we didn't, so we kind of didn't know. But now we know we have to be able to play the small ball game. So this summer, we're learning more about the hit and run, the bunts, the bunt and steal, things like that to make us better offensively to maybe where we could score a few more runs any other team in certain situations. Sounds like a winner, bro. Thanks so much for the time. We'll chat again soon and keep up the good work, man. You guys stay hot. Yes, sir. I appreciate it. Thank you, Casey. Yep, there's Josh Smith with HL Bourgeois doing an excellent job. Let's catch a break. When we get back, we'll talk some LSU baseball. We'll talk about some of the different super regional matchups and different things like that. It is play-by-play here on KLEB. We'll be right back after this. It's Ram season at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat in Homa. Not only can you get a great deal on a Ram, but you can see their impressive lineup of new commercial trucks and vans. Southland Dodge has the perfect vehicle for your business with Ram's long-lasting new pickups or their efficient new Ram work vans. 
choosing the right one should be easy. Whether you need a truck for work or home life, the Ram will do its job. South and Dodge, Chrysler, Jeep, Ram, Fiat, 6161 West Park Avenue in Homa. Here for you yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Hey, it's me, Gus the Gopher for Atmos Energy. Being a gopher, I like to dig. That's what us gophers were born to do, along with eating plants, taunting groundskeepers, and listening to bluegrass music. And I especially enjoy digging around the yard. Occasionally, I bump into a utility line and I get a headache. Ouch! After all, they're hard to miss since they can be buried anywhere. But if you hit one with your shovel, backhoe, or ditch digger, you could cause a gas leak, disrupt service, or worse. Makes me shaking my paws just thinking about it. You can avoid all of this by calling 811 at least three business days before you or someone else digs in your yard to have those underground utility-owned lines marked. Calling 811 will help protect your property, and more importantly, you. It's free, and it's the law. You dig what I'm saying? For more on safe digging, visit atmosenergy.com slash 811. Need to find a gift for that sportsman in your life this Father's Day? Whether dad paddles or fly casts, No Wake Outfitters has just the right gift to show them your appreciation for all they've done and to show our appreciation for all those dads raising the next generation of anglers from now until Father's Day. We'll be selling $120 gift cards for only $100 so that dad can pick out his own fishing tackle or next fishing shirt. No Wake Outfitters, 1926 Airline Drive in Metairie. Home Health Services in South LaFouche are vital right now. Look no further than Lady of the Sea Home Health, where the sick, the elderly, and the homebound. Our caring staff makes each day a little brighter, a little better. With quality health care and warm, genuine support, you and your loved ones are the most comfortable, content, and independent in your own home. Speak to your physician today about Home Health Services from Lady of the Sea. Call 985-632-6900 for more information. Quality health care locally for you. Hi, I'm Marcel Spears. Keeping our global neighborhood safe is a tough job, one made just a bit safer with the help of America's brave military dogs. These dogs, who often take the same risks and make the same sacrifices as our human warriors, keep our troops safe by sniffing out bombs and IEDs, locating enemy positions, and bringing a sense of comfort and home to an almost unimaginable circumstance. Yet, when these brave canine heroes retire, they're not always given the same treatment as our military VIPs and are too often left overseas. American Humane works to bring home these valiant dogs and reunite them with the people who mean the most to them, their handlers, so they can enjoy happy, healthy, well-deserved retirements. To learn how you can help America's four-footed heroes, visit AmericanHumane.org. While inventory is growing, prices are dropping at Golden Motors. Come to Golden Motors and check out the new 2023 Chevrolet Silverado with the all-new technology and improved great fuel economy. Whether you're looking to tow your boat or camper or if it's just you for your daily commute, the confident and towing capability is there for you. Check out the new 2023 Chevrolet Silverado at Golden Motors, 15101 Highway 3235 and Cutoff, the back road, 325-1000. Chevy, find new roads. Price is priority.
Welcome back to Play by Play here on KLEB. Casey Justclair here. Hope you guys are enjoying yourself today. We've had a good show. I want to thank um, Josh Smith and Richard Jones for their time. Um, Super Regionals begin tomorrow around the country. We've got LSU taking on Kentucky. Um, I got to tell you, man, I, I almost feel like I'm jinxing it, man. Like, I don't want to say these things here on the air. Because I feel like if I do, I'm gonna jinx. I just, I think the matchup with Kentucky is a good one for LSU. I, I I just look at and look. Josh said it right. Like they're an SEC team. They've got some dudes, but they don't have tremendous power. They've hit 51 home runs all year. They've got one guy on their entire team who has 10 or more home runs. So in theory, they shouldn't score a ton, right? They shouldn't have a whole lot of three-run home runs, right? They shouldn't run far away from LSU and get so far out in front that you can't catch them. They've got just three guys in their entire lineup who are hitting 300. They want to draw walks. They want to get easy stuff, take advantage of errors. They want to get free stuff. And what they want to do with that is... Bunt, steal, hit and run. They want to manufacture runs. And I just don't know that that's going to be effective enough against the LSU offense. Because like I told Josh, let's say you do that three innings in a row effectively. Single, bunt, timely hit, score. Single, bunt, timely hit, score. Single, bunt, timely hit, score. You've scored three runs. Well, guess what? LSU's walk, walk, three-run home run away from erasing that in like five seconds. And to me, it felt over the weekend like it was almost demoralizing to Oregon State. They would have to bust ass to score. I mean, they're bunting and stealing. Like, they're, they're working hard, getting multiple base hits and are grinding to score one run. And then LSU just comes back and leads off the inning on the first pitch hitting a home run. It just felt demoralizing. Like, you do all this work, spend the last 15 minutes grinding to get a single run, and then within 10 seconds, it's all gone. It's felt demoralizing, and I think Kentucky's going to have some of those same issues this coming week. On the mound, <clears throat> they've got some dudes that could throw. Um Mason Moore's a really good arm out of the bullpen. He 1.95 ERA, four saves. He's a long relief guy. <clears throat> the regular starters are hittable. They're not super overpowering. LSU scored 33 runs in three games against them. So I think that, you know, there's nothing there that stands out to you as well. You know, when they put that guy in, it's going to be a struggle to score. LSU should be able to score. They should be able to reasonably hold down Kentucky from scoring. And I just don't see that many pitfalls over the weekend. I think LSU's better in just about every phase. And if they play the way they're capable of playing, I don't see any problems. I just don't. <clears throat> Obviously, you got to take care of business and you got to do what you are capable of doing to make it happen, right? But, uh, you know, you look. Ball State in the regional opener last weekend. That's a four seed. They scored four runs. And they played Indiana, the two seed in the regional, scored three runs. 
Then out of the loser bracket, they beat up on some bad pitching and some tired pitching, scored 10, scored 16. But then when they face Indiana again, four runs. Guess what? You scored three, four runs? Uh, yeah, you're, you're losing. You're losing eight to four, right? So if LSU pitching does what they're capable of doing, it'll be a great opportunity for the Tigers to take advantage and move to the College World Series. Now, there's some other very interesting matchups um, that are going to be coming around the country is that you got Wake Forest in Alabama, number one versus number 16. Wake Forest looked like a wrecking ball. <sighs> they absolutely dominated the Winston-Salem Regional without a challenge. You know, they cruised, taking on Alabama, who also was undefeated in the Tuscaloosa Regional. The only time they were challenged was when they played Nichols. Number two, Florida taking on number 15, South Carolina. <clears throat> that's fun and that's interesting because if you go back and you look at the regular season, South Carolina actually swept Florida. So, again, you see, you know, maybe some interesting things could happen there. I think the national seed that is most likely to lose this weekend is Stanford. I saw Stanford play at their own regional was not all that impressed. You know, Kyle Peterson and all the college baseball analysts, they're, they're drooling over Stanford because the sport has to have a West Coast team in it so that they could pawn this false idea of the sport being international, not international, the sport being national now. Oh, everybody around the... No, they're not. The hotbed for college baseball is now and will always be the Southeast. USC had their run... Uh, 50 years ago, Cal State Fullerton had their run 30 years ago, whatever it may be. Now the sport is dominated in the Southeast. The West Coast has been completely bankrupted, and the Southeast is where it's all at. I think that Texas has a great opportunity to beat Stanford this weekend. Coach Pierce out there is one of the best coaches in the country. I think Stanford is the national seed most likely to lose. Let's go through the bracket from top to bottom. You got Wake Forest and Alabama. The winner of that series is going to take on the winner between Stanford and Texas in Omaha. Then you've got LSU taking on Kentucky. The winner of that series will take on the winner between Tennessee and Southern Miss. I am secretly rooting for Southern Miss. Has nothing to do with a fear of Tennessee. It has nothing to do with any type of um, advantage or disadvantage that LSU might or might not get. I actually like Tony Vitalo. If I were Scott Woodward, I would have hired Tony Vitalo whenever they hired Jay Johnson. I want to beat Southern Miss because I thought that the Southern Miss crowd last year was classless. Whenever LSU went to Hattiesburg, they were hooting and hollering and talking all this noise. You're Southern Miss, bro. You're Southern Miss. You know, we are McDonald's. You are a bologna sandwich. We are a steak. You are potted meat. And yes, sometimes people eat potted meat. Sometimes people eat bologna sandwich. But at the end of the day, over a long period of time, you're not going to be it, right? So I'm rooting for Southern Miss secretly because I would love nothing more than for LSU to make it to Omaha and beat the holy hell out of Southern Miss while there to make amends for last year. But that, that's the matchup at the bottom of that first bracket, Tennessee and Southern Miss. Now we go to the other side of the bracket, and you got number two, Florida, taking on South Carolina. Like we said, the winner of that will meet the winner between Virginia and Duke. Boy, Virginia runs a good program, don't they? Boy, every year they're in position, man. They, they run a really good program, a program that we don't talk about a whole lot nationally. 
but they're just always there, super consistent. Oh, uh, you got Oral Roberts taking on Oregon. Um, that's a four seed taking on another underdog, another Cinderella in Oregon, who's a two seed. Um, here's my thing. When the brackets came out, everybody said Oral Roberts is the best four seed there. They're one of the favorites to win the Oklahoma State Regional. If they're that good, why in the hell were they a four seed? If when the bracket comes out, we're looking at a number four and people are saying, hey, they should be favored to win that regional, then you know what that team is? They're a two seed. <laughs> or, you know, not maybe not a one. But they're a team that shouldn't have been number four. Oklahoma State got a bad draw there, and Oral Roberts actually wins that regional to take on Oregon. Then at the bottom of that, the winner of that Oregon and Oral Roberts matchup will take on the winner between Indiana State and TCU. I feel bad for Indiana State. You should be hosting a super regional. You have this weird situation where your city can't host or have enough hotels or whatever to house the people of TCU. If I were the coach of Indiana State and my team had worked all season and had gotten to the point to where we could host an NCAA tournament super regional and we instead had to travel to our opponent's home field because of hotels, hey Siri, open up Microsoft Word. I'm working on my resume. You lead that program, Indiana State, which has... My Siri actually went off. <laughs> I'm over here saying, hey, Siri, my Siri actually went off. Man, that, that's crazy. Live radio, boy, crazy things happen. Um, but you lead Indiana State all the way to that stage. And you earn the right to host. And you're not able to because of schematics. As an athletic department, you've got to figure some stuff out. There's no way that if I were the head of that program that I would be able to stay the head of that program knowing that at the end of the day when the heat's on, my city and my department don't have my back. We should be hosting a regional for a chance to go to the College World Series. And instead, we're getting on a plane and flying to Texas where we'll probably now lose. Couldn't do it. Couldn't be me. Could not do it. But those matchups begin tomorrow. LSU begins Saturday, and it'll be a whole lot of fun to see. I think that um, Paul Skeens will get the ball in game one. I think Ty Floyd will get the ball in game two. And from there, look, <clears throat> I, Josh said in the last segment, Josh Smith of HL Bourgeois, you could hear him in the archives if you missed it. He thinks Thatcher Hurd's going to be like a, a closer or a pop him in if you need three shutdown innings, four shutdown innings type of guy. I don't know that I agree with, with that. I, I think that they're going to go Hurd in a third game if there is a third game unless you lose game one and then you need Hurd in game two to save your season, right? Then all bets are off and you got to do what you got to do. But I think the plan will be Skeens, Floyd, Hurd. Maybe I'm wrong on that. Maybe they do use Hurd, in which case maybe it's Riley Cooper in game. I don't know, but <clears throat> hopefully there isn't a game three to deal with, right? Uh, and we'll, we'll be paying close attention to that and seeing how it shakes out. Let's catch a break. When we get back, I'll get you some betting picks. I'll get you some things that I like in Vegas. It's play-by-play. -play. We'll be right back after this commercial timeout. 
Hey, it's me, Gus the Gopher for Atmos Energy. Being a gopher, I like to dig. That's what us gophers were born to do, along with eating plants, taunting groundskeepers, and listening to bluegrass music. And I especially enjoy digging around the yard. Occasionally, I bump into a utility line and I get a headache. Ouch! After all, they're hard to miss since they can be buried anywhere. But if you hit one with your shovel, backhoe, or ditch digger, you could cause a gas leak, disrupt service, or worse. Makes me shaking my paws just thinking about it. You can avoid all of this by calling 811 at least three business days before you or someone else digs in your yard to have those underground utility-owned lines marked. Calling 811 will help protect your property, and more importantly, you. It's free, and it's the law. You dig what I'm saying? For more on safe digging, visit atmosenergy.com slash 811. Chevrolet Suburban, Tahoe, Traverse, Blazer, Equinox, Trailblazer, Trax. Looking for the room to haul your passengers and cargo area to fit your needs? Golden Motors has your SUV waiting for you. Come on in and check them out. Special APR as low as 2.9% for 60 months on 2023 Chevy Equinox. Hurry before it's gone. Chevy, find new roads. Golden Motors, 15101, Highway 3235, and Cutoff on the back road. 325-1000, price is priority. 2.9% APR with approval through GM Financial. See dealer for details. Tune in weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. for the best Cajun music anywhere on this planet on the Hot Sauce Express. This all brought to you in part by Hilario Brothers Marine Hardware Supply, Lady of the Sea General Hospital, and Golden Motors. Don't forget, that's the Hot Sauce Express, weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m., right here on The Ray Agent Cajun, Kaylee B, 102.7, and 1600 a.m. Education. Prevention. Care. The Terrebonne General Community Sports Institute was recognized by the Louisiana Athletic Trainers Association with the President's Award for Excellence in Health and Safety. With a passion for ensuring the well-being of over 23,000 student athletes and covering 1,400 sports events annually, our athletic trainers are dedicated to providing the best care in sports medicine. Discover more about Terrebonne General Community Sports Institute at tghealthsystem.com. If you put a stack of $100 bills and a piece of wood in front of a Formosan termite, what would it eat? Both. They're swarming here and they're hungry. Call those local experts, the Bayou Boys at Terminex. They can treat your home and save you thousands of dollars in damage. Don't let Formosan termites eat you out of house and home. Call Terminex today. So call those Bayou Boys. They'll get you, get you Terminex tough. Welcome back to Play by Play here on KLEB. Hope everybody's enjoying their day. We've got one more segment to go. Um, one of the betting picks that I would have given you today if I would have uh, done this show in the morning is I would have given you the Dodgers over the Reds. And 
that one is panning out so far. The Dodgers are beating the Reds six to nothing. Great offensive showcase from LA so far. Freddie Freeman, the best first baseman in baseball, um, far superior player to Matt Olson. Um, has a base hit and has two RBI already in the day. He's hitting 331. The Dodgers lead six to nothing with Clayton Kershaw on the mound. Today, um, did you guys hear the little disdain in my voice whenever I specifically said that Freddie Freeman is better than Matt Olson? That's never going to not sting, right? That's never going to not be hurtful to me. <laughs> the fact that my Braves uh, lost out on Freddie. But today, in the world of Major League Baseball, I like the Yankees minus 136 money line over the Chicago White Sox. That game was postponed yesterday because of air quality conditions. Apparently, all of Canada is on fire right now. Um, I'm saying that tongue-in-cheek. Apparently, there are some forest fires in Canada that are causing air quality issues in New York. I can make the argument that... No, never mind. I'm not going to go there. Um, but the Yankees are favored. I think they're going to win with Luis Severino on the mound today over the White Sox. I like today, and this was a pick I gave you yesterday, but again, air quality issues in Pennsylvania because of the Canada Forest fires. Um, Zach Wheeler on the mound today against the Detroit Tigers. I like the Phillies minus one and a half run line today against the Tigers. I think Wheeler will be able to get it done. Oh, it's crazy, man. Can you imagine? <laughs> like, and I guess this could happen here too, right? I mean, it's not <clears throat> something being set on fire is not exclusive to the Northeast, right? I guess this could in theory happen in Louisiana and we're just blessed that it hasn't. But could you imagine like having to cancel outdoor activities and people just not being able to go outside or not being able to play baseball or whatever because of a forest fire, because there's smoke in the air. <laughs> Couldn't imagine, man. It's just so unlike the weather conditions here that we're used to. Shane Trostler and his family are actually out in the New York area, and he posted a picture on social media of the sky. They were at the last Yankee game that was able to be played on Tuesday. He actually posted a picture. It's, you know, the the ballpark is, you know, kind of in the backdrop and you could see everything happening. And then there's just this smog over the over the park. Whew, it looked ugly, looked uncomfortable for the asthmatic in me. It didn't look like anything I'd want to be breathing in. Um, but very interesting conditions out there. Um, but I like the Phillies and I like the Yankees. Today I like uh, let's see. Um, in the MLB, give me over eight and a half for the Red Sox and the Guardians. I think Boston's going to score. I think the Guardians are going to score. <laughs> and then last but not least, give me the Mets today, plus one and a half against the Braves. Spencer Strider's throwing, but the Mets are hungry and are desperate. They've lost a bunch of games in a row now, and I think that they'll stay close on Strider with Verlander on the mound, plus one and a half. So I'm not saying they'll win, but I'm saying that they'll stay close and have an opportunity to win off of Strider. We'll wrap things up here today. Before we wrap things up here today, I want to thank our sponsors, the amazing people in our community who allow us to do this show every day. Uh, we want to thank the Blue Boot Foundation, Buzz Off, the only all-natural mosquito control professionals providing guaranteed results, Golden Motors, where price is priority, located on Highway 3235 and Cutoff, and Dufresne Building Materials. Experience the Dufresne difference with eight locations in Cutoff, Thibodeau, Belchase, Luling, Slidell, Araby, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. Tomorrow, 
Tomorrow's Friday, so we'll have Chandler Guitros on to talk about Tarpon baseball. We'll try to get Damien on. Damien's been real busy at work, and I mean, on the weekends, they're loading up the caravan and getting ready to go play AAU. We might need to reschedule him to like Thursday or Wednesday or something like that. We'll play that by ear, but we'll try to get Damien on to talk about some sports, and I want to give a shout-out to those Flash teams, man. They're doing such a good job and, and doing great things. So let's wrap it up right here. You've been listening to Play by Play. Thanks to Josh Smith. Thanks to Richard Jones. And thanks to you for listening. Looking out the window, there's sun in the sky. If you're working outside, stay hydrated, be safe. Uh, looking out at a big old traffic jam at the red light, be careful on those roads, man. Have a wonderful rest of the day. We'll be back tomorrow. Casey Gistler, bidding adieu. Love you guys. Be back tomorrow. You're listening to KLEB. 1600 AM and K274 DE 102.7 FM Golden Meadow.